listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. Welcome to another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman, a rare Friday edition of the podcast because yesterday was a big day in the Western Hockey League. Yeah, exciting uh, draft day 2021. WHL Prospects draft was uh, pushed back from May until December. So these guys playing at the U18 level instead of the usual U15 level. So a different look, but uh, still a very exciting day. Two picks in the top 10 for the first time in franchise history. And and uh, it was cool to be a part of it once again and looking forward to seeing these guys uh, in Broncos jerseys in the future. Yeah, and the focus of our podcast today is going to be a chat with interim general manager Chad Leslie. He's going to join us to break down not just the picks from from yesterday's prospect draft, which used to be called the Bantam draft, but the prospect draft, but there was also the uh, the U.S. draft earlier this week on Wednesday where two players were added to the Bronco family. Yeah, defenseman John Whipple, sixth overall uh, out of uh, Minnesota, Deep Haven, Minnesota is his hometown and uh, by all accounts is a very, very very high-end uh, young 06 defenseman and uh, you know you'll hear Chad Leslie say that he feels you know pretty comfortable about the potential of him signing in the Western Hockey League and playing for the Broncos in the future and then with the 39th overall pick uh, the Broncos going with a forward also out of Minnesota as they draft uh, Henry Lechner 39th overall and another one of those Minnesota high school kids playing at a, a prep school down there big bodied forward and uh, again he he posts on Twitter he was pretty happy to see his name called so uh, you know sounds like these two guys are are not, uh, uh, you know, not uh, opposed to playing in the Western Hockey League. Yeah, exactly. And we'll talk more about that with interim GM Chad Leslie, not just about uh, the new players that have been added to the Bronco family, but the likelihood of them wearing Bronco colors and uh, putting ink to paper with Western Hockey League standard player agreements. So that chat with interim general manager Chad Leslie coming up shortly. Exciting day at the rink today because it's the annual Teddy Bear Toss game, which is always a fun one. Yeah, first time in two years. Obviously, couldn't do it last year. And, uh, you know, it's just been a long time coming. I think it's a game that all the players always get excited for and there's always a little bit of bragging rights going on for whoever scores that uh, teddy bear toss goal was Sergei Alkamov back in the 1920 season on November 30th against the Prince Albert Raiders and this is the last home game for the Broncos before Christmas too so no home games for two and a half weeks after this you know the guys are wanting to go out there get that teddy bear toss goal right away and uh, you know send the fans home happy before uh, a couple games on the road right on yeah and then a busy road schedule next week to wind things down before uh, a little bit of a break for the holiday season yeah Broncos are going to be in Moose Jaw tomorrow for the Warriors Teddy Bear Toss game and then a three-game trip through Alberta. First time they've done that this year. They're going to play in Red Deer on Wednesday and then in Edmonton Friday, Saturday. And, and an interesting wrinkle with the Edmonton Oil Kings because they're missing you know, their top guys to the World Junior Camp. Uh, Dylan Gunther, Sebastian Kosa, Jake Neighbors, Caden Gooley. Uh, they're all gone to Team Canada's camp. I don't know if Jakob Demick is still with them. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to play for Team Slovakia as well. So uh, Edmonton missing their top guns and the Broncos get them twice back-to-back to finish things off before Christmas. All right, we're fired up for the teddy bear toss game. Uh, who, who's your pick for the teddy bear goal? I, you know what, uh, Owen Pickering has just been scoring nonstop lately and he scored in both games against Moose Shaw a couple weeks ago, so uh, I got to go with uh, the big man on defense. I'm trying to think. Last time, teddy bear goal was scored by a defenseman and I think Artyom Manulin did so a few years ago. So bold pick. Um, 
looking back at past teddy bear toss goals, uh, I mean, Artem had the one. Uh, but when you look at it, it's typically like our guy, like Tyler Steenbergen had it one year, Jake DeBrusque. I know Colby Cave had a, a teddy bear goal. So I'm, uh, I'm just going to go with the safe bet and Matt Ward here. That's my pick. So you take Pickering, I'll take Ward, and we'll find out tonight. Teddy bear toss game, 7.05. The puck drops here at the Innovation Credit Union Iplex. All right, coming up shortly, we're going to have our feature guest, and we're going to break down the uh, Western Hockey League U.S. draft and the Western Hockey League prospect draft. A lot of new faces added to the Swift Current Bronco family, and we'll talk about them right after this with Interim General Manager Chad Leslie. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. It's the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. All right, this is a a big one here. We got interim general manager Chad Leslie joining us uh, one day removed from the uh, WHL prospects draft, two days removed from the uh, U.S. import draft. Uh, Chad, you came in this morning. You had a smile on your face. Uh, I'm guessing you're happy with how the the past two days went in Bronco Nation here, eh? Yeah, for sure. I think that... uh you know, we're really happy with what we've added to the club. I think that uh, the guys, uh, you know, feel really strongly about uh, the players we've added. Our scouts did a great job leading up to it uh, with all the work they put into it. So, yeah, we feel good. Yeah, I want to ask you about uh, the U.S. import draft first and uh, the guys that you picked there uh, online and checking out the Twitterverse. A lot of hype about uh, John Whipple. What can you tell us about uh, about that young man? Yeah, Johnny is a, a really talented uh, offensive defenseman. He skates well. He moves pucks. He can make plays. He He's obviously got some offensive uh, touch inside 15 feet. He beats goalies from the top. He gets in and beats guys from the top of the slot. So for me, it was just a willingness to look at uh, <clears throat> the Western League scenario. Had really good conversations with the parents who are terrific people. And yeah, we're we're pretty positive in, in the direction it's going with him. And uh, for sure, he's a guy that can come in and you know, be a real game changer for us, for sure. So, just kind of wondering what the recruiting process is like versus the the U.S. kids versus the usual, you know, Western Canadian guys. Obviously, there's not a ton of information about the WHL down in some of those areas. So, I guess it's kind of explaining to them what the WHL is all about, along with trying to get them to come to your program. Yeah, I think so. I think all you can do is just really talk about what you can provide the player and and what the Western Hockey League provides is. Uh, as good as anything uh, that's out there, it's guaranteed uh, education and an opportunity to play against you know some of the best players that are going to be uh, playing in the NHL at some point. So, for me, I think it gives them an opportunity to see that and be against that uh, competition early, and then playing in a in a schedule that's similar to a pro setting, I think, is beneficial for those guys as well. Yeah, your your other pick from uh, Wednesday's U.S. draft. Uh, what can you tell us about Henry Lechner? Yeah, so Henry, like uh, you know Andy Kubis, our uh, U.S. scout down there you know speaks really highly of him and what we like about him is just basically he's a big strong guy that can you know provide some offense a real high character kid um, you know, this is quoting Andy here that he, he said he just he's a he's a good player that possesses good skill and size, his power and strength, coupled with his ability to make plays uh, and get around the rink, uh, makes him a high end player for us uh, potentially down the road. So, Andy speaks very highly of him, and uh, you know all the video that we watched on him and everything uh, with COVID. You know, obviously we weren't able to get a whole lot of eyes on guys. Uh, but Andy did a good job down there, and we're really excited about the player. From from what you've seen, how does U.S. high school hockey compare with the, the level of competition of the Western Hockey League? You know, if you're able to get these guys here, how do you think that transition will be? Uh, obviously, those prep schools, those guys are playing pretty elite competition, you know, so, but... Uh, 
Yeah, it's 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 going to be a step up for sure. I mean, obviously, when you look at AAA midget in high school, you know, uh, U18, all those levels coming into the sports school league, coming into the league, it's obviously a big step. So it's it's no different in that regard. The 2021 WHL prospects draft pushed back from May until December, so some more time to get some eyes on these kids who didn't get a lot of opportunities to play last season at the U15 level. So now you get to watch them at the U18 level and a bit of a different look at some of these guys because they're playing against older competition whereas usually they'd be playing against guys their same age yeah for sure i mean then it allowed for another eight months of uh, growing and some physical strength gains for some of these players for sure that changed optically how they looked and and uh, their performance as well so i think that uh, you know for a lot of those guys that benefited maybe got them into spots in the draft that they wouldn't have been previously and uh, you know obviously you know, as you get older, you get stronger, and as you get stronger, your game develops, and so that's uh, we saw a product of that for this draft. Yeah, I want to ask you about yesterday's picks that you made, uh, starting off with uh, Clark Caswell. Once again, we uh, we go to Manitoba for for a first round pick. What what can you tell us about uh, about Caswell? Yeah, I mean Caswell, uh, Clark's been on the radar for a long, long time. Uh, you know, he was the MVP at the Brick. Um, you know, he's just a highly talented guy that. Uh, is a 200-foot player, makes everybody around him better. I think that's the the one thing that I really appreciate about Clark's game is it doesn't matter where you throw him in the lineup or who you play him with, he just produces and, and plays the same way. So as far as what you get on a nightly basis from Clark Caswell, it's really consistent and the, the, the compete is there, the, the effort is there, and then you couple that with his intelligence and... And his individual skill, uh, we, we feel really strongly about Clark. And he's having an amazing season. I mean, 51 points in 20 games with the U18 Brandon Weekings. The next highest scoring 15-year-old in that league has 26 points. So uh, clearly he's got the offensive skill level to step into the WHL and, and uh, be a contributor right away. Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously he's going to be insulated here with some older guys as well. That'll be the one benefit that the 06s have potentially that the 04s didn't in regards to being uh, insulated there. Obviously, you know, with our 03 group, and in our two group we had some good players but I don't think we had the depth that we do for these guys to come in so you know I think that uh, I don't want to put any unfair expectations on him but certainly he's going to find a way to contribute there's there's no doubt about it what was uh what was this year's draft class like like on the whole skilled group yeah I mean there was a little bit of everything there at, at the at the top end of it you know a lot of people are going to look at the 05 class and and uh, compare it that way but I thought there was good depth here uh, you know lots of you know high-end skill I thought and, and a really good mix of players available so I thought you know it was a, it was a good year. So. Your next pick uh, staying in Manitoba and a guy who's actually good friends with Clark Caswell and that's uh, Josh Fluker one of those smaller very offensive dynamic defensemen. Yeah I think you know with Josh Josh uh, he's been on the radar for a long time as well uh, he's, he's a high-end player um, he's probably the best skater in the draft. Uh, when I look at him and, and how he evades uh, pressure, gets himself out of situations, and, and just how he competes, uh, he makes nice, simple, easy plays. And and uh, I think for me, you know, for an undersized guy, which he's 5'10", so he's still going to grow and get a little thicker. And you know, he competes, he cares, uh, he plays uh, at the same level throughout the game. And, and his last five minutes, like I said yesterday, are as good as his first because of how effortlessly. He Gets around the rank. With those two first round picks, were you thinking going into it forward in a D, or was it going to be a best player available situation? No, we we really didn't, uh, you know, have anything in mind in regards to, you know, we felt like the drop off.
Randolph was there if we didn't get a D in, you know, to our next pick. So there were good defensemen there as well. But, you know, your top tearing of defensemen, we felt strongly that we needed to get one. But uh, that wasn't going to decide our decision if there was a couple of forwards there that, you know, we felt strongly about and felt strong about Swift Current. So. Fans are excited, obviously, with two high picks. But the excitement always reaches an apex once the players sign and commit to the team. But it sounds like there's no issues with these guys and uh, their future with the Broncos. No. Um, you know, I'm, we're putting together uh, SPAs for them today. And, uh, no, there's no concern with the first three players in regards to getting them signed. And then, uh, you know, what we're hoping for is uh, they'll, they'll join the club after Christmas uh, and then get into a game uh, before the new year. So... Wow, quick turnaround. Uh, you know, looking into the, the second round, the, uh, the the 25th pick, Maddox McHaggerty. Yeah. Uh, certainly a member of the all-name team from the draft, but uh, what, what can you tell us about the kid besides a great handle? Yeah, you know what? Again, just another guy that we felt really comfortable with in regards to, you know, what he brings on a nightly basis. Very consistent player, really high intelligent guy. Um, he plays with pace. Uh, he competes hard. His skill level is really, really good. So... For me, it's just another guy that when you get him into our lineup early on, he can find a way to contribute in a bottom six scenario and then work his way up the lineup. Uh, he's a very versatile player, really intelligent, high character kid. And uh, yeah, we were thrilled to have Maddox. So. A bit of an added bonus too that he and Clark played together for one season of their U15 out in uh, Kelowna as well, a season and a half, I guess, with these shortened years. So kind of have that familiarity with these guys having played with each other before and now uh, you know playing each other, playing with each other on the Broncos as well. Yeah, it's it's a really neat situation obviously with all those guys having familiarity and uh yeah i i I think that um you know because of that it it fosters kind of uh, a real sense of team and uh, structure together with uh, how those guys have played together i just Sorry, distracted because we got pictures of them at you know ten years old together. Uh, Clark's mom sent us a bunch of pictures uh, of those two, Fluker and Caswell, and then obviously there's the three of them at the brick together. McCaggerty, Caswell, oh, oh nice. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, uh, you know, it's it's just uh, interesting to have that dynamic for sure. But uh, certainly, the one common thread is that uh, you know people are comfortable coming here. I think, and and uh, you know that uh, for McCaggerty being out in Kelowna to come here was no issue whatsoever and yeah he's going to be a real good fit with the way he plays and the way we want to move uh, as being you know intelligent guys that play and compete hard so yeah well and and i want to talk to you about that about talking to these families leading into it because this is your first draft in that general manager role how was that component of it ahead of time you know the meeting the talking with families and and that element well for for this one i don't think it was any different in regards to that just because i was you know in the other role as well and so for me it was just very similar to what it's been uh, leading up to this as well. So I didn't find any change in regard to that. I mean, we, we do the same things, do the same due diligence. And, uh, you know, me being the assistant GM prior and the interim GM now didn't really, you know, make any difference in that regard. So wondering, you know, the group that's assembled here now, when, when you're talking to kids, you know, does it make it... A- I don't know if easier is the right term to use, but you tell these kids, say, look at what we've got here now. You can come here and join this already pretty established group of, uh, of young high-end players. Yeah, it does a little bit. I think, you know, the proof is still in the pudding. We, we certainly have to continue 
to try to strive to make our, our franchise a destination that players want to come to, and, and we're going to do that in regards to player development, player advancement. Uh, I think that's going to be our niche, and uh, what we're going to try to do to to bring people in is just you know let them know that we're doing everything we possibly can to develop them while they're here, and help them get to their to their next spot. Yeah, I want to ask you about uh, at the end of the second round we get that compensation pick, and you used it to take a young man by the name of Otto Hansen. Yeah, what can you tell us about Otto? Yeah, I mean Otto for sure is a guy that uh, falls into that category of a two you know really competitive, hardworking character role player that uh, can contribute. Uh, he gets around the rink really well. He's a big, strong guy, high character, uh, high compete level, and just a, an ultimate team guy. I think uh, he's a guy that can wear a letter here down the road for sure. Just uh, we really love all the intangibles that come with his game. And um, for what we uh, drafted prior, just some you know skilled guys, uh, some smaller guys that uh, you know compete. Uh, we added him into the mix just because we feel he, he fits that Van Eager type of role where you plug him into the lineup and just brings that effort and energy and, and uh, gives you a little bit of a different dynamic. So, I know there was a little bit of confusion about that compensation pick because I don't think it's been done very often in the Western Hockey League. Are you able to just kind of explain what the, the whole deal with uh, with that working out was? Yeah, I'm not sure when that rule came in, but obviously uh, we um, it's a bit of an anomaly with the Jugnaugh scenario of him deciding to go to Wisconsin instead of not signing. Um, we had to relinquish his rights back to the league and then we were given a compensatory uh, pick, which was at the end of the second round. So, And then also in the second round, uh, or Dawson Gerwink, your next pick after Hanson coming in at 48, uh, third round, I guess. But uh, Dawson Gerwink, North Battleford, a kid from northern Saskatchewan, probably plays tough. Uh, what, what can you tell us about him? Yeah, we like, you know, the upward trend in his game. Obviously, uh, you know, all we've, t- you know, been told about is the character piece is really high. He's a worker. He's a guy that wants to get better in his game. And, and uh, moving into an area now where they're, I believe they've situated themselves uh, closer to being able to have access to, you know, uh, facilities to train in the summertime and stuff like that to improve his game. So we're, we're really excited about where his trajectory can go. Uh, he had a really good showing at the WHL Cup. I think there's some nice offensive touch there. He's a big body. And, uh, yeah, I think that uh, we're just seeing the tip of the spear with him. So. The Broncos have a couple of goalies who <clears throat> will be here next year, of course, with Reed Dick and Joey Rose who are assigned to their standard player agreements, but uh, you pick up another goaltender out of uh, Manitoba playing at the Rink Hockey Academy in Ethan Simcoe at 70th overall. Yeah, you know, with Ethan, just uh, he's a very uh, competitive guy, really structured player. Uh, he moves nice. Uh, he's in control of his body uh, with his pushes and he stays square. And, and the one thing that we like about him is he's just a worker and he's a guy that wants to continue to get better. He takes his uh, game very seriously. And and we feel that uh, he's in a situation at uh, the academy there in Winnipeg that does a really good job with all their players in development. And so, you know, we feel very comfortable taking players from there for sure. They do such a great job. Yeah, and then you go to Saskatoon with the 94th pick overall. You take the, the son of a noted Bronco alum in uh, Ronan Buckberger. Um, I remember his dad when he played here. I'm dating myself a little bit by saying so. The kid looks just like him too. But, uh, you know, his father was, uh, was certainly an offensive powerhouse type player what about uh, Ronan yeah you know what we just like his intelligence and 
uh, his ability to make plays, and he understands the game extremely well. I think, you know, like we said yesterday, but what you don't like in his game at times, you just feel is due to lack of physical strength. And as he gets older and stronger, and uh, because of his hockey sense and his skill set, he's going to be able to make plays. He transitions really well. Um, I think, again, you see him communicating out there. That's the one thing I like when you stand on the glass with him. He's a guy that's always directing traffic and a really intelligent player. The Broncos have had some good luck with ninth round picks in recent years. Caleb Y. Ross, Doc Owen, Pickering, and just the one pick in the ninth round this year, you go back up to northern Saskatchewan and grab uh, Luke Bordon out of the Tisdale Trojans organization. Yeah, I mean, an undersized defenseman that, uh, you know, moves backs and makes plays and just an intelligent guy with a high compete level. Again, uh, you know, he's, 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 you know, a guy that we feel skates at the level for sure and, and can make plays and under duress is able to skate himself out of trouble. And he's undersized and he's going to get stronger as we go along here, but certainly a guy that's got some upside. Right on. You know, I, all in all, there's there seems to be a lot of positive buzz about uh, about this year's draft class and everything. And, you know, you came in today, like I said, you seem like you're in a good mood. Uh, you know, how, how are you feeling overall about things? Yeah, you know, I'm grateful. Um, I'm grateful that I have a group of guys uh, that work extremely hard. And, and everybody in the office here, too, you know, Cass and Craig yesterday did a great job, knocked it out of the park, just uh, for me to work with people that, uh, you know, bring that professionalism I feel very fortunate so. and I think while we how we have you here we might as well talk about the season that's going on right now and I think mm-hmm. a big question on a lot of people's minds is the 20 year old situation do you have an open 20 year old spot uh, as of this recording uh, is there plans to maybe bring somebody in or are you kind of happy with the way things are, are going right now yeah there's a plan but uh, we're, we're just waiting to see what you know comes available here and, and we want to make sure that we're not just you know jumping to fill that spot we want to make sure it's a good fit for a club and ultimately uh, gives us uh, an opportunity to be uh, really successful in the second half of the season. Nothing gets hockey fans fired up or gets better analytics on social media than trades and trade information. You're heading into uh, your first trade deadline in a general manager role. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, things are kept guarded for, for good reason, but, uh, you know, what can you tell us about that experience and heading into your first deadline? Uh, you know what? <clears throat> Excuse me. I think that, uh, you know, it's just like any other deadline. I mean, uh, you know, had, uh, you know, situations in my past experience where I've been a general manager, assistant GM at the junior A level and, and made a lot of trades in the past and been around it. So for me, it's it's no different. It's just a larger scope and uh, dealing with it at a different level. But I think that uh, we're just going to try to be as prepared as we can and for situations and, and ultimately see what, uh, you know, fits and, and makes sense for our club. Uh, we feel very positive about the direction we're going. And, uh, you know, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but certainly uh, I think that there's an opportunity to add to, to get a little bit better here in the, in the interim for sure. But uh, we certainly like uh, we like where, where things are at. Our coaching staff has done an excellent job to this point and, you know, a lot of confidence in, in how they are developing our guys and the rapport they have with our team. And so Devin and Matt are, are doing a fantastic job. So I don't want to get in the way. I just want to be support and, and certainly try to help uh, the group. So. You finish one draft and you have maybe a couple of days to relax and you got to get ready for the 2022 draft for the 07 class. Uh, the Broncos with their own first round pick, their own second and Everett's second from the Ethan Renier Casper Pudio trade. So uh, a chance to kind of relax a little bit and then get ready for another draft coming up here in May. Yeah, I think that the guys will probably, you know, take a, a few days to just uh, enjoy things and, and take a break. But uh, we've been, uh, you know, pretty hard on the trail. The 07s uh, had the group focus. I think we, because the 06 draft is dragged and dragged and dragged, you know, 
the one thing we did a lot of, uh, you know, in the COVID scenario is we did a lot of online uh, scouting and, you know, got the guys familiar with doing that a little wee bit. So uh, leading into the first month of the season, you know, we, we had some of the guys take a break and focus on the 07s just to get everybody uh, acclimatized to what that group was looking like and get players in the system and dog-eared. And, and um, so the guys have done a good job there. I, I feel like... Uh, you know we're we're uh, in a good spot with the 07 so yeah i want to make sure that the guys get some downtime and, and a chance to breathe and enjoy things and then get back at it so right on well it was great having you here chad thank you very much for this uh, good 20 minute chat here you brought two phones with you and both of them are buzzing <laughs> so uh no time for downtime in the life of a western hockey league gm thanks for doing this man yeah thanks guys thanks for everything you guys do so you're listening to broncos this week presented by original 16 the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. A big thanks to interim general manager Chad Leslie for uh, sitting down and having a real good detailed chat with us about uh, the recent drafts and the new members of the uh, Swift Current Bronco family. Lots to be excited about with this year's draft class. Yeah, obviously, you know, eight picks, two in the top ten for the first time in franchise history. Um, you get a couple of guys who are, you know, almost certainly going to play full-time for the Broncos next year. But the fact that they're going to get in and you hear Chad Leslie say that they're going to play games after Christmas. I mean, the team plays five games in seven days right after the Christmas break. So to get these guys here into game action right away on home ice, fans can see these guys, uh, you know, a couple weeks after they're drafted. Mm -hmm. I think that's really exciting. Not something you'd normally see with the draft being held in May. So super exciting day and I really can't wait to to meet these guys in person and see them in game action. For sure. And a big night tonight here at the Innovation Credit Union IPlex. Uh, We're releasing this on the morning of uh, or on the day of Friday, December the 10th. It's our teddy bear toss game. Moose Jaw Warriors in town and uh, always a lot of fun with with this game on the schedule. Yeah, and it's a big game, obviously. I mean, you know, it's it, every game's a, a big game, basically. But, you know, with the Eastern Conference standings the way they are, Moose Jaw right now, 26 points. The Broncos with 23. So, uh, big game standings-wise for these two. Um, Broncos obviously trying to push to, to be in that playoff conversation. And the last home game before Christmas, two and a half weeks, uh, the Broncos are going to be away from the Innovation Credit Union Iplex before the Christmas break. So, uh, fun one here tonight. Looking forward to it. And uh, we'll see who gets that Teddy Bear Toss goal. So much to talk about. We haven't even talked about the team's recent play on ice and uh, you know they've been managing to string together some wins too yeah it was nice to see them come back in Regina especially I mean they had that goal waved off after a pretty lengthy goal review to which would have tied it at 4-4 but then I think it was like honestly a minute later they actually did tie the game and then you know Regina taking some penalties Broncos skating hard forcing turnovers to draw some penalties late getting that power play and Ward's big goal and then do playing the violin at center ice uh, with the goal celebration was uh, was awesome Poulter <laughs> almost hitting the empty net with two seconds to go <laughs> yeah. and then uh, up in PA I mean you, you, you don't like to see the 4-1 lead go away for the guys to regroup and get the job done in overtime um, you know Josh Davies had to back check the length of the ice twice and then eventually comes in on a breakaway and uh, in the goal celebration afterwards he was telling the guys he couldn't even breathe because he was out of breath so he was uh, you know nice to see the guys come back and get that win in overtime with a couple of back-to-back wins on the road right on that does it for another edition of the Broncos this week podcast we'll see you tonight for the teddy bear toss you've been listening to Broncos this week Presented by Original 16.